we were definitely brought up to not give a fuck about what people think. That was definitely a thing. So it wasn't like, oh my God, button up, what are the Joneses going to think? No, it was like, fuck them. I'm going to walk in the restaurant. I don't want the front table. We want the table in the back. We're going to ask for a different table. What do you you mean don't cause the scene? Like, I want the table over there. I don't want this shitty table. We were taught, like, you speak up and just, you, you know, don't be an asshole, but you just, you don't worry about what people think. You live your life. Welcome back to Big Queen Energy. I'm your girl, Nicole Rose, with the podcast all about the mindset of a true queen. I'm a semi retired DJ turned podcaster obsessed with positivity, psychology, and manifestation. Here to support you on your journey to attracting your dreams. Let's get it. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Big Queen Energy. So excited to be here in this space with you today and so excited to chat with a king that I am actually very good friends with. We are going to be discussing the parallels between coming out as a gay man and coming out as your authentic self as a woman, which I think is going to be such a unique and interesting conversation that I'm excited for all of you to hear. So David Yontef is the first man that we've had on in quite some time, at least in 2021, probably in about a full year. If you can believe that, we've just been only talking to women, but David is definitely an honorary queen. He is the mastermind behind the super popular reality TV podcast, Behind the Velvet Rope, where he chats with tons of celebrities, lots of Real Housewives, lots of like the Vanderpump Rules girls, reality TV stars, where they spill the tea on everything going on behind the scenes. David is also an entrepreneur. He has a law degree, I believe, and had a staffing agency prior to working on his true passion, his podcast, and he almost went on The Apprentice. So we are going to dig in to that today, too. Welcome, David. Come on to the show. <laughs> I'm so proud to be representing the men out there. First man in like a year. Huh? You're repping all the boys right now. It is quite a responsibility. Honey, I haven't felt this butch in like forever. <laughs> Like forever. So thank you for that. I am so happy you're here. We've been meeting to do this for months. Cheers. We are doing a happy hour episode. If anybody out there would like to grab a drink and cheers us, feel free. This is going to be a good time. Probably will require um, an alcoholic beverage too to make it through all of this, I'm thinking. You know, most days require an alcoholic beverage. I'm just saying. (laughs) Uh, That's just how I see life. It's like, Coffee all day and vodka all night. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do vodkas. You you do martinis, right? Because we were virtual friends. Then we took it in real life. We had drinks at what was the cute place we went to in the West Village? I don't know because we were supposed to go to St. Ambrose and it was packed. Right. And then we were like, we didn't get the memo that like quarantine was officially over at that time. We thought we were just going to be the first ones at the restaurant. And they were like, 
honey, it's Friday night in the West Village in New York City. Like, you know, there's no table. For it was you. like 5 p.m. Okay. And then we went, uh, I, I need to think of the other place we went. It starts with a B. Bouvet. Yeah, like Boucherie. It I was think. Bouvet, right? I Something like that. I don't remember either. It looks cute in there. I've heard the food is good. They had Sancerre by the glass. That always makes me very happy. And we got to meet for the first time. So, guys, I was on David's show. What was it, like two months ago now? It feels like two years ago, to be honest with you. Was it only two months? That That's possible. Well, when did Big Shot with Bethany end? It was, like, right before it ended, like, three weeks before. It ended airing in May. Right. And what are we? We just finished July. Yeah. So like two, two and a half months ago. Yeah. That makes sense. Just anybody who hasn't heard that episode, that was a fun one. David got me to spill a lot of tea that will probably get me in trouble if anybody ever (laughs) bothers to to really listen from our team. But if Bethany sits there and listens, she'll be like, Nicole. Highly doubt Bethany has ever listened to my podcast. Do we think? I highly doubt she's ever listened to mine either. I mean, I did just have Kevin O'Leary on from Shark Tank. Ooh. And he called her crazy, and that went viral. So if you Google my name and Kevin O'Leary... Wait, was that recent? How did I not know this? I love that. You know, listen, <laughs> I mean... He went on a rant? Well, I mean, here behind the Velvet Rope on my podcast, which is a five-day-a-week interview show, you know, I like to cause... Not, I wouldn't say drama, but I like to ask questions. And, you know, look, I want to talk about Kevin was a great guest because you did get to talk all about business and you did get to talk about Shark Tank and Mark Burnett. But of course, I wanted to know two things when it came to the other guest judges. A, like, what is J-Lo like and has she been to the set when Alex <laughs> Rodriguez was there? And do you know, Beth, like, talk to me about Bethany. Like, obviously, I mean, yeah. I don't care about well, I don't know, whatever, whatever those other guest judges were. I just Googled it and it says that she was on the scale of crazy or whatever he said. That's that's hilarious. I happen to second that, but uh, it's not as much of a story probably because 200 people have already written that I said that. So she probably has both of us on her shit list now. I think like, you know, because Kevin is, you know, like a very respected businessman and she's not on the show anymore. And, you know, Bethany wants to be known for business for business right she doesn't want to be a real housewife but she wants to be a producer but she wants to be a producer you've seen that t oh yes she would like to be a producer i wonder how that went over behind the walls of bravo i thought you would know i thought you would know like bts what the other real housewives think about that because i can imagine most of them do not like that idea oh they don't like it but i think at this point with the ratings where they are they have bigger problems and they're just listen i think they're all just worried about their own jobs as they should be i still think everyone's going to be safe and a crazy turn of events but that's just me it's either that or they're going to do something drastic but i heard it's like escalated way beyond andy cohen and it's at like the top levels and they're freaking out that the ratings are so low on new york and so i think each person is just worried about their own future. But no, no one wants Bethany as a producer, at least the people that are on the cast, I'm saying. What would fill the shoes of Real Housewives of New York, right? Like, what would Bravo even, like, they must have shit in the works if they're even considering, you know, not running another season. I mean, I can't see that. I mean, listen, it's no lower rated than Dallas or Potomac. So let's just put that right. into perspective. Apparently, they're- And like, what the fuck is Potomac? It's, I mean, like, seriously. <laughs> I mean, that's it's like that's the thing. Like, they're not going to end it. But apparently, they're so worried. I mean, you know, it's 
But I've heard the safest one of all is Luann, that she's truly the one person who's safe. I still just don't think they're going to change the cast. I think they're just going to add somebody and get rid of Bershawn and bring in another friend of. And Okay, so tell me this. If Bethany went back as cast, do you think that the show would spike again in ratings? Because, I mean, look, 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 look what we know. She can't really hold her own show, right? She's tried how many times now? Like, she's not getting another season at Big Shot, you know? I, I have the inside look, and we're not, you know? And she's not getting another season of Bethany and Frederick or Frederick and Bethany, whatever it was called. Right. And and her talk show did like what one or two seasons, the show that she had before when, you know, Bethany Ever After, when she got married, had the baby, that did one or two. Like she's not capable of carrying it all on her back. But she does stir up some shit on on the Real Housewives, right? Yeah. I mean, look, she swore she would never go back the first time and she did. And now she really swears she would never go back. But is Bethany able to stay away from Yes, you still have people following you down the street and you still, everyone knows who you are. And But, you know, can she stay away from like daily, weekly media when she's on TV? I don't think so, right? No, you're right. And I think she's in a place where she's just trying to be more discreet. But here's here's my guess. This would be her flex, right? Because it's like, I don't, I think there's like zero chance that she's just going back as like an EP on it. I would think so. I think so. that there's... I think there there's a chance, and Bethany's a good negotiator, right? Like, no shade to Bethany. She's fucking smart as shit. I think that what's likely is that Bethany will go back as a producer in credit. I don't know exactly what power that would hold, right? It can, I mean, that can mean so many different things. But as a producer and a cast member, that is my guess, that she just gets back and has both avenues, and so that she's happy, and so that the ratings go up again. Because I do think that she commands i mean i know just even from doing her show that she does have a large fan base i don't, I don't know why it, it you know it, it didn't work for her to be off on her own i mean i have my ideas right i thought it was a little too mean girl of a vibe like a, you know like i think that doesn't necessarily that it's 2021 right i mean it's such a conflict of interest though to me like to be producer she had that on the big shot but that's different like it's you're working for her this is kind of like you're now getting in a fight with Ramona and Luann and it's going to be edited your way that I mean I don't see how that's possible and look everything comes out in this world so what they're going to secretly give her a title yeah it's just like it's a conflict of interest to me I don't see how it could happen I just don't maybe what if they gave her like like more of like an on like in the field type of producer role where she was able to kind of like craft ideas and scenes and not um final edit right like so i mean anyway i think there's some way that that could be manipulated i think she would get a lot of money and have some like heather dubrow swear she had no say in who the cast was i don't believe that i think bethany would have some say in the cast like if she said i will not film with so-and-so I bet you they would get rid of that particular person. Probably. I don't think yeah. she could handpick the whole cast, but I think if she threw down the gauntlet, it was like, I'll only come back if you do this. But I think at the bottom line is she wants the money. I mean, the rumor is she wanted $5 million last time, and they were like, no. But I bet you they would give her, like, two. There are housewives now that get, like, two. Like, Candy Burris is in the two. Yeah. 
And I mean, she's she's about the dollars and cents, right? I mean, that's still meaningful to her bottom line, I would think. So that's a lot knows? of money to say no to for like, what, three months, two months of work? Four months. Right. And like, I mean, some of it's fun. I'm sure some of it's fun, or at least it looks like it could be. Um, you know, okay, so this is what I've been dying to ask you this. It's on topic, right? But I said in your intro a little bit, but that you were almost cast on The Apprentice, right? Which is essentially, you know, Mark Burnett's first show before making the big shot with Bethany. And were you going to be on on the season with Martha or would that have been on during a Trump season? Because what I want to know is you worked with Martha. So who do we think is crazier, like Bethany or Martha? Like what's the over under on that? Well, that is a very good question that I have never been asked before. First of all, it would have been Trump. I met Trump and Mark Burnett in the final hour. Like, I was in a room with them. So it would oh, have amazing. been the Trump season. And I think, and I think I would get it now. I just think back then it was different. I really didn't know what I was doing. I Now I would get it. Um, I believe that Bethany is probably crazier than Martha. Uh, that's okay. So why? What's the reasoning? That's where my gut goes because Martha isn't really crazy. She's very particular. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you how? Did I tell you this story? How this is like recent? But this is during pandemic. Like because I get all this press on my podcast. Like I just told you the Bethany story. One of the papers where I get a lot of press, you know, they called me and they're like, we cover your show all the time. And we just found out you were, you worked for Martha Stewart. Like, I don't tell, you know, I'm like, run the shit about Bethany and, you know, whatever, Mr. Wonderful. Right. So they were like, this is like, I don't know, like nine months ago, they were like, blah, 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 you work for Martha. Listen, could we just speak about that? And I'm like, listen, off the record, sure. Like we could have a phone call. They were like, then the phone started ringing. I was like, okay. So they're like, let's just talk. They had a nice talk. I mean, I gave honest answers, like, you know, off the record. Well, a couple hours later, the phone rings and they were like, okay, we shot this up the ladder to like the publisher. This is a major publication. And they're like, they love it and we want to run this. And I'm just like, so they talked me into running it, but... Then I regrouped and I was like, you cannot run this. And they were not at all pleased with me. They were furious. It's so awkward. I was like, it's listen, so I was like, I really have no gripe against Martha. Like, what is this? Like, what is this going to do for me? Like, let's break this down. You know what I mean? Like, my right. name, my name is in your paper nonstop for actual interviews that people do on my show. This one trashes that right. one. Like, you cover my show. I mean, if no, you... literally, I was Googling Lala because I'm going on her show and she's coming on Big Queen Energy and you're the first thing that comes up. Shit that she said on Behind the Velvet Rope. <laughs> Lala, first of all, Lala is a great fucking guest. Let's just start with that. Oh, I can't wait. She's amazing. So... I was like, this gets me nothing. Like, my name is in your paper. And if you're going to, like, say you're not going to run me, then so be it, which is not the case. I'm like, why would I take down Martha? Like, I have nothing really against Martha. Like, she's particular. She is very set in her ways. But that's part of her brand, right? But I think that, look, Martha undid a lot of stuff. Like, you would have meetings. And then she would come in at the end to be like, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it this way. And, like, a whole team of people at the leader, senior leadership, we'd be like, what you want to do is just physically, like, it's not possible to do it that way. So she was like, I, I, 
do it this way. I don't care. I'm Martha. So at least she was calm and she would want something. But Bethany is that like, did you do this? Did you do that? Like Martha doesn't really micromanage. And so I think that's the difference with the crazy. Oh yeah. And, and you said, you said a word to describe Martha. I'll, I'll just repeat it. You said calm. That's not really the energy that I got around Bethany. It was no. kind of like the opposite of calm whenever that is like frenetic energy, like just, you know, yeah. intense energy, but not, I don't know that anybody would ever describe Bethany as calm. She right? can't be easy to work for. She can't. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you keep I mean, did this person on your show go and get the job? Like, is she working for Bethany now? Do, do we know? That's a great question. Isn't that a great I have question? no inside scoop on that, but I, I would like to know. So if somebody has the scoop, they should DM me and David. Yeah. And let, let us know. Yeah, I said, remember when I was leaving, I said I was like, her and I would not have meshed for more than an hour in the same room. <laughs> like I can't even imagine. Like just the way I ate my lunch would have like annoyed her. You know what I mean? Just like the littlest things, you know, we're both kind of big personalities. And like she said, there can only be one peacock in in her life and that has to be her she has to be the shiny one you know but I, I like I like everybody to have a little shine in my squad I like I like unique personalities that's so nice of you Nicole <laughs> I, I don't even think it's, I, it's more for my own entertainment I mean maybe it's selfish I love people to be themselves you know what it is it's not selfish and it's not for my own entertainment you know what it is it's exactly what this episode is about it's that I value authenticity over almost everything else. Like I have done Me my too. own values charts. I know. And I think, I think that's why you and I became like fast friends, totally. right? Because we wear exactly who the fuck we are on our sleeves and we're unapologetic for it. Not in the way that everybody's using that on everybody's podcast. Like we're real, right? We're raw. We're like, you can like me or not like me. I'm not going to say it any differently. This is the fucking truth, honey. You know? Kind of. I mean, listen, anyone out there that is reading the comments and now they're upset or you're listening like, to whatever, and you're like, maybe I shouldn't do this or that. Like, when you are on your fucking deathbed and you are at the end of your life and there's, yes. there, A, there will be nobody around except for the people that are in your inner circle. So all these famous people that you think you're friends with and this, it's all bullshit. So no one will, be, A, no one will be around on that, your deathbed, except the people in your inner circle. And B, it's your life. So when you're on that deathbed and you come up with 17,000 regrets of things that you wish you did, uh, not me, not me. I don't have one regret in life to this point, really. I can't think of any, you know, I, I mean, I could try, but I feel like everything happens for a reason and leads you to the next thing. And I am living the life that I, you know, of course I want like another hundred million dollars. I would like that to be honest with you, you know, an eternal, like a crystal ball that says I'm going to live to 110. But short of that, I do what I want. And like, that is the key. So if anyone out there is like not doing things that they want to do or living another life, because of criticism or what they worried about what people think right. of you. That is just, and I, listen, people ask me all the time, who are your favorite guests on Behind the Velvet Rope? I always say the same thing. A lot of people come on to use my show for headlines because now I'm known as the person that gets all this press. I don't care. Come on and use me. I am fine with that. It benefits me too. But I can tell when someone comes on and I ask them a lot of questions and they give a lot of answers and there are people 
where I'm like, I do not believe one thing that that person said to me. Either A, they were trying to get headlines because they haven't been in the press for right. years and you're, you want to say something stainless, or you're giving me canned answers and smiling. Both are fine. That's how the world works. But then there's a whole group of people, Lala's an example, that come on and you are not trying to get a headline. You're, you're just really answering my questions and having a chat with me. There's you're no in the angle. Moment. Right. There's no angle. And some things you say, you don't even realize what you're saying. And I'm like, cha-ching, cha-ching. This is going to be a big fucking thing when this episode comes out. But you are being honest. Is there dollar right. signs like, going off dollar, in your head? No, it, really. Like, I can tell. Like, when something happens, I'm like, oh, shit, this is a big thing. But it's honest. When it's a big thing and it's, like, canned, I still love it, but it's not the same. And so that is me, too. I really respect authenticity. That's with everything. That's us. And and that's honestly what I wanted to talk to you about today. And I, I had never, you know, you and I had been plotting to do an episode together for a while and I wanted it to make sense, right? Because it's not, I don't talk about a ton of reality TV stuff and I know we just gossiped for a few minutes, but you know, that's not like my normal MO. I'm not even good at it, right? Because I don't even like keep up on that shit. But what I wanted to do was think about what was a common thread between you and I, right? As friends now and as fellow podcasters that had value for what we talk about on Big Queen Energy, which is all about mindsets, you know, manifestation, living your best life. And I love that you and I have this common thread of being authentic kind of at all costs, right? Like, we're willing to take the heat. We're willing to place a bet on ourselves. We're willing to say, well, if I don't do this, I'll probably regret it later. There might be some, you know, short-term complications. I might have to put out a fire here and there, but this is the life that I intend to live. And I'm going to be true to myself and be honest to my own path and my own journey rather than letting what somebody else says or thinks for a day or two derail me. You know, even what you do has to be hard. That would be hard for me feel like just talking about people's personal business after they come on the show too. Like that's not an easy thing to do. It's got to be very delicately done in a way that doesn't ruffle any sides of the, of the feathers, right. Of the boat or the feathers. <laughs> so much. So like, I mean, first of all, you have to lead up to these questions that, you know, you have to ask that they are in someone's face. I mean, you are okay, we're not in person, but you are on a Zoom looking into someone's eyes one-on-one -on -one, and you are saying things like, you know, the rumor is this person cheated on you or, you know, how did that feel when you found out? Yeah. Like, you have to ask. And yeah, so you have to lead up to that and then ask these questions. And also what's hard is then there's a lot of other people involved sometimes, agents and managers and, and PR and networks. So sometimes they're involved. And they're like, you know, I don't want you to ask that. And you're like, well, I have to. Then why are we even doing this fucking interview? Right, so that's right. a whole part of the business. Uh, and then really the hard part, too, is like I will have on, say, a housewife that trashes another housewife. And two days later, I have the other person on. Right. But you can't not run the episode that, you know, you spent all the time recording. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I've been in situations where I'm like, I don't know if person B is now going to come back because since I had them, like, it's like, I'll have person A on, we'll be in love with each other. Really? We'll talk, stay in touch. We're like yeah. in love with each other. Then I'll have person B on, which is like their arch enemy. 
And then, (laughs) and they will talk about person A. I I won't. I'm just asking the questions. And then I'll want person A back and I'll be like, well, how is this going to go when I approach them? There are some casualties along the way, but that's what I mean. Like, I would never in the moment say no to person B. I, I think about it. I'm like, well, oh, I'd love to have you on. Oh, this person's going to be pissed, maybe. But I would still never say no because today in front of me, this is the option and I'm saying yes. So whatever the consequences are, it's like I can't control your reactions. I could just control my actions. I don't, yeah. and listen, I don't chime in. I mean, sometimes to a fault, like I'll ask a question and then she'll be like, she is this, 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 and this. And I'll just be like, so that's an interesting opinion. Like, I, I won't even say yes. Like, I won't even say like a yes and then move on because, like, I don't even want that one word to be so, like, I'm just like, I'm like, that's interesting. Like, it's almost awkward sometimes what I say, but I purposely won't comment one way or another. It's just not right. my job well, and good. I'm doing my job, yeah. but yes. So it's like, it's hard. You have to ask these questions to people directly. Then you have to sometimes deal with agents and managers and PR and networks. And then you are often caught between people. Right. And I just can't even, ah, that sounds like way too much drama for my like real life. Right. That sounds like, you know, in high school when it's like you go one friend says something about the other friend. Right. And you're closer with the other friend. And let's say it like involves her boyfriend. Right. And you're like, well, she's got to know this if he's cheating and sleeping with that other like sort of friend. Like that's actually a health hazard. Right. So then you go to the friend you're closer with and you're like, hey, girl, you really got to keep this between us. I'm not trying to rock the boat here, but I think for your health, you need to know this, blah, blah, right? But then, of course, she gets fucking lit. She goes straight back to the other friend, slaps that friend, goes straight to the boyfriend, bitch slaps him, and it's like you're caught in the crossfire, right? But you're really just trying to, like, keep the peace, but, you know, do your part as a person, right? You can't be a shitty person. To that effect, I never, that is one thing, I never talk out of school. Like, whatever person A tells me about person B, like I just listen and never repeat. So like, for instance, there's something that came out just recently about the current season of the New Jersey Housewives, which is still filming. It's not even out yet. It's out and it's this rumor and it's like, it's all over the blogs as of yesterday. And it's major. Like I have known this for about like three months that this is a major thing. And I'm not like, I don't need to call the blogs. Like, what does that do for me? Like, I'm going to keep that information to myself. So I don't gossip. That is the one thing I don't do. But yes, I mean, I think because I'm a Gemini and I can do a million things at once, it's literally like, just keep like who, who is on, like, you know, sometimes someone will say to me on a comment on Instagram, swear to God, people will say like, I can't believe you had this person on. I'm so disappointed in you. Yeah. They're, they're, they're anti-gay. Did you see their tweets or what this, like whatever it is. And I will literally respond and I'll be like, People are disappointed. I literally respond and I say, people are disappointed with me like every five minutes of the day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you'll, you'll get over it. Like, sorry, sorry. Like, and no one really pushes back. I'm like, I, you know, you can be disappointed. I don't really give a fuck. I mean, I don't, I'm nice to the people that listen to my podcast. I respond to them, but like, uh, what do you want from me? You're going to be disappointed three days from now. You're not going to like another guest and just something else I'm going to say. Just just let's f- assume you are just, you're disappointed and you should like, great. 
we got that out of the way and you're going to be disappointed tomorrow and every other day from the rest of your life every day listen to my show so just no something will disappoint that person if that person's in the mindset of looking for somebody to be upset with somebody to place blame for their own feelings rather than taking responsibility for whatever the fuck is going on in their life that they are disappointed about and they are going on your instagram and writing that comment to you and this has obviously happened to me a million times it has really very little to do with you your job is an entertainer you're a great interviewer and your job is to just present different personalities and different opinions and that's it you don't always have to say this person's right that person's right i agree with so and so i agree no you don't do that you're just presenting different ways of thinking about different situations and different quote-unquote facts or opinions from different people about what happened in the entertainment world that's it and people need to really see it for what it is and not take it so far but on that note yes the not being like, I don't know, someone who's like a gay hater, I don't know that I would like necessarily like, if I knew that, I probably wouldn't invite them on Big Queen Energy. And I'm not necessarily a gay man. I mean, I'm sort of a gay man on the kind inside. of, <laughs> kind of, yeah. but that would, that like just someone who doesn't believe in, in, in equal rights for people as a woman, right? And as a, as a, best friend to a lot of gay men yourself included that would bug me like if i knew that oh that's the thing i never know for sure like people refer to things right and listen i'm also not going to go digging but even sometimes when you refer i've read certain things then and i'm like yeah but there's a lot of other ways to interpret this particular tweet and like you're right you know like there's you know like and we're in this place where everyone's accusing everybody of everything, too. And so it's like there's so many almost unresearched, blind accusations being thrown all across the Internet, Twitter, et cetera. It's like it's for you to have to spend hours sifting through that isn't even really a good use of your time. I mean, it might even just be better to have them on and just ask them point blank. Hey, I said I was interviewing you. Well, that's and what some I people were triggered by it. Do you what's your thoughts on gay marriage or gay rights? Did you say X, Y and Z? I mean, that's and then, you know in a way it's good for the person too if you know because it gives them the chance to state whatever their true opinion is you know that's what i do and then i go in and then i go in and then we move on i mean i had someone on who was fired from vanderpump rules for racially insensitive tweets that they sent way back in the day i thought i was gonna get creamed but i'm like i am not not going to do this interview that's being handed to me and this person is breaking their silence you know I can only ask, are you racist so many times? Like, why did you send these tweets? Okay, so you're not racist, but you sent these tweets. That seems, like, incongruous to me. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, how could you say this and tell me? I could only ask the same question 13 different ways. And then what did you learn? And then we have to move on. And we had a whole conversation. Shockingly, people didn't come for me. But that's an example of something where I was like, a lot of people wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole but I'm not going to say no to this interview. Well, maybe you handled it well. It sounds like you pressed the conversation. You tried to uncover the truth, but you can only, like you said, you can only try so hard. Yeah. 
So I want to redirect us to today's main topic. So I thought it would be such a fun thing for us to kind of talk about today. It's it's on that thread of authenticity and, you know, just kind of on, you know, speaking our truths, living our truths, being exactly who the fuck we are and being okay with that, even though obviously there's haters on both of our sides and, and we're not, you know, afraid to still go after what we believe in. But, you know, what I wanted to know from you is if you would be open to just kind of sharing a little bit bit about your experience, you know, coming out is different, right? When you, when you said, you know, I'm going to come out or you came out to your family or you came out to your best friend, what was that experience like? Like, I want to, I want to kind of draw some of the parallels between that and between coming out as, as a woman who's not going to do what society expects of them, right? Who's decided that, you know, you've told me to be X, Y, and Z, and I'm not going to be. It's kind of similar, right? It's kind of similar. I mean, I guess it's similar in the sense that it is not just one declaration, you know, because to me, it's like if I could just I mean, listen, it's different, I guess, if you are like Colton Underwood from The Bachelor and you can send a tweet and an Instagram post and just say I'm gay and you have a million followers and then, you know, every news media picks it up. Well, that to me was easy. I'm not saying it's easy to come out when you're in the public eye. I think for sure. But It's like a process. Like, you have to come out to this. Oh, wait. So I came out to, like, 98 people, but I have 17 others over here. So that's kind of how it was for me. It was like, oh, wait. We have dinner plans tonight, and I'm not out to this person yet. So it was like a constant coming out. Okay. (laughs) Like, everybody, leave me alone. How many fucking more times do I have to do this? You didn't. You know what? That's funny because I think it like, it like it's like you said. If you don't have a massive Instagram following where every news media prints it and everybody just knows and it's over, like maybe it's like a, it's like a party situation, right? Like come to my coming out party. Like this is. I know you probably did this way before. That would have been, you know. Thing, yeah, but. like that would have been good. I mean, yeah. And I'm not one to put. I personally use social media. This is just me for business so like you get to know me through my podcast and stuff but it's all business related so i can honestly say well i can't honestly say this but i think if i wasn't in the business with my podcast i'm not so sure that i would be on social media ever i I know people that are not on social media and they have very happy full lives for sure. I, you know, I like, too. so I'm sure you have the same relationship with social media that I do. It's love, hate. There's so much to hate about it, right? I consider it like a part of my business, right? Like I try to show yeah. up as much as I can as my authentic self. But then like, of course, there are those days where like, I just, I don't feel like I can show up as a good version of myself for whatever reason, something I'm going through. I'm just really busy, you know, like, and wouldn't have time to respond or whatever the case may be, or I'm so behind on responding that I actually am like now avoiding it. You know what I mean? When you do that thing where yes. you're like, oh, wow, it's going to take me way too long to clean up those DMs. So I'm just going to avoid them another few days and it's going to get worse. Yes. But- I do know exactly what you mean. <laughs> like you're so stressed out and overwhelmed. Your heart starts. So, but like, I don't put, I would never put on, like, I just don't put personal things on social media. So I would never even put that on social media now, even though I have like a mini platform. Like, I see people post, like, please say a prayer for my mother. She's in the hospital. That's not me. Like, I will never put, it's like, it's not that I'm not being authentic. I'm authentic to people that know me. And I'm authentic, like in my show and stuff. I just don't share things like that on social media. 
So. Well, it's probably because you're too busy sharing millions of other pieces of content, though, right? I mean, there's, I think we all have a capacity for the amount that we can share, and you're yeah. sharing five days a week on your show. And I know from talking to you that personal stuff seeps into that, right? So it's like, for you, it's probably hard to just always, you know, just keep opening up the floodgates. I know for me, sometimes I'm like, okay, I've just shared a lot. I've just poured my heart out in this article on Entrepreneur, and I just posted every day for the last month and like I need like a break a mental break from sharing and then reading everybody's reaction and then sharing and then reading everybody's reaction because it's obviously not all flowers and roses and and that's fine it's to be expected so it was just kind of like a process that was the thing you're just kind of like oh my god like again I have to come out to someone else so can I ask you a question? When was that first moment, like, was there, like, when did you know that you were just a little different? Like, was there a moment where you were tipped off that was like, you know what? I am different. I don't know exactly what this means yet, but I need to, like, investigate this further. I mean, like, there was probably... Did you just always know? Maybe there wasn't a no, moment. maybe, like, high school, but, like, you had thoughts, but then they went away. Okay. So, like, I don't know. Like, you didn't... I guess if I really thought of it, like, if I was the person I was today and self-actualized and, like, dealt with things... Right. I probably would have known it. But you just kind of suppress it in ways. Not everyone. Now you hear about people coming out at, like, five. (laughs) I mean, you do, like, for real. I know. And and there's a lot of controversy around that, too. Right, because I don't know that that child has all the tools they need to be certain about, you know, especially if they're doing corrective surgeries and stuff like that. It's like, I think they need to be able to make an informed decision. Right, like that's what it is, I guess. You know? So, I mean, I think, like, maybe, like, high school, junior high, but, like, you didn't really deal with it. Like, you thought it, and then it went away. When did you decide that you were just going to be whoever the fuck you wanted to be, and that was just, that was it? Period. Like, were your parents like that? Did you have a mentor or any role models or friends like that? Like, what was your, what was your catalyst in just being who you are? Well, okay, so my parents, well, my parents are very different, first of all. They're, like, my parents are divorced. My father's very conservative and my mother is very liberal politically and just the way they think about the world. But regardless of, like, sexuality and politics, we were definitely brought up to, like, not give a fuck about people. Like, what people think. That we definitely were. Like, that was definitely a thing. So it wasn't like, oh, my God, button up. What are the Joneses going to think? No. It was like, fuck them. I'm going to walk in the restaurant... I don't want the front table. We want the table in the back. We're going to ask for a different table. What do do you mean, don't cause a scene? Like, I want the table over there. I don't want this shitty table. We were taught, like, you speak up and just, you you know, don't be an asshole, but you just, you don't worry about what people think. You live your life. So that is something that I was brought up with. Like, just, and really, I'm the one that fought it. Like, it was, like, me that was, like, more, like, I don't know, but it's, obviously was instilled in me because that's who I am today. Does that make any sense? It's exactly who you are today. No, I love that. I think that's great. So what's funny is I had a dad who was like that 
like would just he wasn't an asshole but he was just very direct about what he wanted he knew how to win friends he knew how to kind of take charge of the energy in the room to work it to get whatever it was that he desired and he wouldn't take no for an answer which i think is a great lesson for women to learn right because i think oftentimes we're taught not to badger people to be kind to be loving and not you know overstep boundaries and whatever and that's just not doesn't really get you anywhere but my mom was on the on the other hand she was very much more reserved right so that would you know sometimes that would embarrass her if somebody just asked for you know a little bit over what we were being offered or you know and it's not even like it doesn't have to be a problem right when you ask these things or when you change the I way the situation is being handled. So your father was like similar to mine. He was like, yeah. And he, and he was like, no, you're f-. so my mom was the more conservative one, I guess, but she's oh. not like, she's not conservative. But your father like, spoke, I mean, my father spoke out though. Like if he wanted to change a table, he'd be like, I don't want this table. I want that one. Or like whatever it was. And where did you grow Connecticut. up? Okay. So were they New York people at heart? Yeah, because like half my family was in New York and like then I came to New York all the time. So like I really grew up between New York and Connecticut, really. So like I'm local. But so that's kind of how we were brought up. We were brought up not to care and just worry about yourself. Who cares what that person's doing? You should be in competition with yourself. Like you worry about you, not everybody else. So that I love that you're kind of like you're only in competition with yourself. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, you should do better for yourself. Not who cares what that person's doing. Why are you looking at everyone else? That's not the way to live. So that we were brought up. So those are some good values. I definitely think that's a good value. Do you think that do you think that, I mean, to me, I think this seems to have really built such the core of who you are. Do you think this kind of shaped you going into the behind the velvet rope and choosing this more non-traditional career path? Well, I was also pushed to choose. Uh, I mean, we're nice. I was a nice Jewish girl from Connecticut. Now, my parents were like, it's all about, well, my father was all about, it's about grades and really you should go to law school or med school. And then I went to law school. I mean, and I practice law. So I was pushed into a very traditional career. It was, if I said I wanted to go into like the arts, I mean, they couldn't have stopped me, but I don't know how that would have gone. Um, I tried to tell my parents I wanted to be a women's studies major, and they were like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. And I was like, oh. Right. Like, my parents might have been like, well, we're not paying for college. I, I really, they might have said something like that. No, no. My, absolutely. They thought I was kidding. They were like, <laughs> that's so funny. Now pick something that you can get a job with, darling. It's like, oh, okay. That's not a thing. All right. I'll keep thinking. I'm assuming both them are still around. They are still around. Yeah. And so what was the experience like when you kind of shared with them who you really were, that you you were coming out and this is who you are, and they taught you to stick up for yourself and be fucking authentic ever from a young age? Well, they supportive? it was easy in the sense that when I moved to New York on my own after law school and I looked for apartments, I really just found the apartments that I wanted to live in in the West Village and then, I mean, I moved, there was an apartment on Christopher Street, right in the heart of all the gay. And that is the one that mm-hmm. I chose because I'm like, this is actually the nicest apartment too. Doorman, this is where I want to live. And then when they came to visit for the first time and there was like boys everywhere and holding hands and we went out to dinner, they're like, 
do you want to tell us something? And so, like, they knew. And so they made they it easy okay. for me in the sense that they asked. Like, oh, I nice. say for people okay. out there, ask. Because if, I mean, and then I just said, yeah. Like, you know, they're like, are you gay? And I'm like, yeah. So that was really the extent of it. So I think them bringing it up was easy. Like that, that made it yeah, easy. No, that, yeah. well, did I get it? You could say no and then push it back and you can move on. And that's what a lot of people do. But it's just like, what a great silver platter to be given, right? I can't say that I can relate, right? Because I didn't have to go through that experience. But that sounds like a much easier situation. But I think the the thing that I did have to go through that I think is most similar to this is just having, you know, a whole family of doctors, both my parents and then my sister in medical school or, you know, working towards pre-med or whatever at the time. And then me coming to them and saying, hey, I'm quitting my marketing job. I'm leaving. I'm becoming a DJ. Like, this is what I'm truly passionate about. This is what I want to do with my life. And everybody was like, what in the actual fuck? Like, how are you going to make it? How are you going to survive? We're not going to be supporting you. Like, but, you know, just the, all the feels when I sort of, and it's funny because that was like my version, I guess, of, of my own come out, which is obviously less severe because it's not about, you know, it's more of an external thing, I guess, than an internal thing. So maybe, maybe in a way it felt less personal if people shout on that, I guess. But it's the same type of thing. But it's right. similar in that sense that I was having to tell people who I thought were going to judge me or knew we're going to judge me that I was different. And this was what my goal, I mean, I guess it does feel personal too, when it's something that you're really passionate about, right? Cause you don't want to be sharing those hopes and dreams and then, you know, only to have them shat all over. It's right. It's still the same thing. Like if you say, I mean, I don't want to go to med school and that's what they're expecting. Right. Oh, yeah. No, that had been the expectation. But at this point, I was like 25. So I think their hopes and dreams of med school were, were starting to wane. And now they're over it. Are they over and it now? now? No, no. Yeah. Now it's like, I think I'm, I'm very fully accepted. Right. But I think it was it was a it journey. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't an overnight thing. I think I felt like I had to prove myself a little harder. And I think that pushed me in certain ways that could be a good thing, right? To to continue to want to make it. I just think like the older you get, the more you realize this. And the key is to realize it as early as possible. Like I've had people on my show, they're famous, but I've had people on that are 70, 80. And like, do you know how just like 80 year olds like drink wine? Like they don't yeah. get a fuck. They, they will literally like say whatever the fuck they want. They will be like, I'm having a drink at 10 a.m. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and so, like, really, the best years of your life are at, later on when you don't care. And so that's the key. If you could figure this all out, like, in your 30s or 40s, let's not even say 20s, because, I mean, I don't it's know. Impossible it's impossible It's impossible. Yeah. But no. that's really the key. I really think the key is just living your authentic life because it's yours and you're gonna, like, I would just hate to be one of those people that looked back and been like, oh, I wasted so many years. Like, you do anyway. You do waste years. I've wasted years, but, like, I don't look at it like that, but you know what I mean? Like people that really are just living a non-authentic life or just, I don't know, living to please others. That's so exhausting. Who cares? Oh my God. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm like, in a way, I think all of us have a little bit of that, like 
being yeah. a pleaser in us, you know, just yeah. by nature being human. But it's like, that's the dream is to get to that. I don't give a fuck mindset. I feel like I kiss ass from people that come on my show. I mean, I ask them the hard questions, but that's self-serving. That's not like, I mean, it's like, I want you to come back. So it's like, you know, I'll, I'll go there. Like, I don't care what you think, but it's like, yeah, I think we all have a little bit of people pleasing in us because that's just how it works. I really not sure I care. Like, it's like I care until, I don't know, I care until, until you're Until it like, doesn't serve you anymore. Well, or until, like, you're judging me. Like, the minute, like, on a date as a friend, like, that's one of my pet peeves. Like, the minute I feel like you're judging me, I'm out. I'm out. That's my biggest thing, too. Like, I want... I, I try to not surround myself with people that judge other people because you know that people that sit at dinner and point out everything that's wrong with everybody else in the room, the second you get up to go to the bathroom, they're doing that same shit to you. And that's just bad oh, yeah. energy. I don't want that in my aura. Fuck that. I just like the judgmental, the judginess is a turnoff to me. Because that is the thing. Like, I will do me. So I'm living my authentic life, but I have a very high threshold. Maybe that's why I'm good at this job. You do you. So I don't care what you do. Like you do whatever you want to do. I am bravo. You go for it. I'm not judging you. So don't judge me. So it's like, I'm living my authentic life and you can live yours. It doesn't have to be anything that I stand for, agree with. I mean, that's why this whole world is going crazy. I don't care what your political beliefs are. I don't care. You want to like have like a five-way marriage. You go for it, honey. You do you. I don't care. I don't know. That's how I feel everybody should live in life. You know, if you are affecting me and it's hurting me now, well, now I have a problem with it. But short of that... I do not have any right to judge you, nor do I want to. So that's one of my hot buttons is like judginess. Me, oh, 1,000% me too. So it's like I'm not hypocritical. It's not like I'm living my authentic life and now I have issues with yours. Now I feel whatever. I love authenticity. So if you can tell me it's when I feel like you're not and you have all these insecurities and you're living a false life, that's when like you know, you're just not the one for me. Like, maybe you're not the right friend for me or, like, you're not the one to date. Like, it's just, you know, that I just find that is, like, a turnoff in people. Like, you can't can't teach people that. It's like you either have it or you don't, and you have to come into it on your own, right? Right, like, you can't tell someone you're being too judgmental. That's never worked for me. I have tried to do that many times. It doesn't work. And that has never worked for me. And I agree completely with what you're saying, that where does judgmentalness come from, right? Think about where, like, the deep... The deeper part of someone who's judgmental comes from their own insecurities and them being worried about being judged about them. So they chose to be a certain way. Maybe they wanted to be the way of that more authentic, flamboyant, out there, whatever kind of person. And they're now judging that person because they felt like they didn't have that flexibility or whatever. Like judgmentalness always comes from an inner insecurity. I think so. Or people who love themselves love other people. They love other people for just what they fucking are. Yes. It comes from insecurity. Yeah. Or not feeling good about yourself. Yes. 100%. Or unhappiness. 100%. 
Yeah, some one of those more lower vibe feels. So, David, this is going to be my final question to you. We like to ask all of our queens and kings this. What is one mindset hack or what does your morning routine look like? What do you do to keep yourself amped up every day to crush your day? Because I know that we've talked about it, right? The business that you're in, it's not easy breezy all the time. It's not always a walk in the park, but to me, you always seem on point and cheery. So it's either Xanax or there's some secret sauce. Give it to us. Everybody tells me all the time that I'm just like such a nice guy. So happy. and like, really? (laughs) You think you're a little bitchy? Are you a bitch? I mean, I'm not a bitch, but I am not so sure I'm as nice and happy all the time as people think. I mean, listen, my true routine, and I say this all day, like when I joke and I say coffee all day, vodka all night, but it's the coffee. So if I have my way, usually if the stars align, I am up at like 5.30. Impressive. And I have literally lay in bed with with coffee. I get out of the bed and go to coffee and bring coffee in bed. And from like 5.30 to 6.30, catch up on my reality TV, which is work, or like catch up on emails or send out press things for, like I do light work or that's when I'll answer DMs as the coffee is being shoveled down my throat as if it's gasoline and I am a car. <laughs> And literally, and I'll nap and take little naps in between this hour, but like, and then I'd be like, I'm so tired, but wait, let me, just, I literally like will reach over and just be like, I can barely reach, but I will just pour the coffee down my throat for one hour as if it is literally as if it's gasoline and I'm a car. And then not always saying I'm in the mood, but then at 630, if the stars align, sometimes it's a little later, I will go downstairs. Now it's in my building. So I get I guess it's a little easier, but I will go to the gym at 6.30. Good for you. And I really try not to check email or anything that is going to stress me out in the one hour before the gym. I'm like, I can't get into it before I go to the gym. I have Right, or else you won't make it. You won't get there. I won't. And so sometimes I slip up, but like even like today I started and then it was like, I was like, I am just going to put this down. Like, I, I can't deal with this now. And then, like, when I go to the gym, by the end of it, I'm just like, I feel better. And then I have more coffee. Then I will go out and get an iced coffee. And then that is kind of how I start the day. It is not Xanax or anything. <laughs> it's that. not vodka. Yeah, and, like, I'm all for it. You need a Xanax, you go take it. It is literally coffee, and it is an early rise and it is the gym. And that is truly it pretty much. And then I just think I'm one of those people where like I thrive on things going on. So, you know, like, yeah, yeah like you could be yeah. having like a slow morning and then wait, this person wants to come on my show or wait, I just got invited to this great event this weekend. Like, it's just like, I am a product, like, you know, I'm happy with myself, but I am a product when like, okay, something good happened. Listen, I think it's harder when you're working at home because you're alone. Right. Right. Nobody can be like, you look cute today, babe. Love your haircut. Yes. And so then it's like, oh, I just got invited to a fabulous party tomorrow night. Okay. So like life isn't as boring as I thought it was for the past 20 minutes or two hours. Like working at home is a very interesting concept. 
Yeah. I mean, I love it, but hate it at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A 1,000%, babe. I was literally just saying that I was the... Okay, so I went through this period. Six months. I was like, I'm so busy. I'm so fucking busy. I'm so tired, right? The show launched. We were rebranding our podcast. We were redoing the website. I had a bunch of Instagram and podcast campaigns. It was like everything was raining on me at once. Gigs started again. I had sold positions in our first mentorship course and was still finishing the course. I mean, it was like a perfect storm. Like, I I mean, I barely took a weekend day off, right? Like, that's just how much I was like reading, reading content, right? Or things that made sense for Instagram or the mentorship or whatever, right? So it's like I was very, very busy and then or grooming music, whatever, on the weekends, DJing, et cetera. And then I was just saying, like, I'm burned out. I need like a break. Right. And then I get this week of a break and then new stuff isn't even coming in yet. And then it's like a week of not new, exciting adrenaline hits coming in and then i'm like oh my god i'm bored oh my god what's going on and then i'm like okay do i need to move back you know get back into new york more like clearly i'm like i need to go up there and then i'm like what the fuck's going on up there maybe not there maybe the hamptons all right fine i booked a trip you know i'm booking a trip but it's like it's just funny because i think you and i live in that world where it's like we are we're alive because of these little like energy hits of adrenaline right but it would be good to have like a middle ground i mean i am the same way like the first few days you're like i'm catching up and then you do get bored and then yeah. like one day it just then it all changes you're like ah be careful what you wish for like now right? i'm miserable again because i have so much work i don't even know what day it is how the fuck do we do that in between? I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Because then, like, for me, the in-between is, like, when I start to catch up on things and then it's I'm still not busy, then I start to go, like, well, oh, my God, I just wasted three hours, which is probably, like, I need it. We just need to be, like, nicer to ourselves, I think. That's a really, and just that's be a like, great point. You're not busy today. I, I know it's a Tuesday, but just take the day to yourself. Just take it. And Florida. Or half half a day, right? You just need to move to Florida, too. That Florida helps. I'm not kidding you. If this New York is going to happen again this winter, I have to... I mean, everyone else... Too bad. We're we're doing it too bad. I'm in. Count me in. We have to. Listen, remember last year when we... Or not last year, like way back when we heard about this coming and we're all just like blah, 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 blah. And things were shutting down. And the people that said, I'm getting out of New York or I'm doing this... And then the rest of us were like, what's the big deal? It's going to be two weeks. So I'm just telling you, when I start to hear, like, you know, this new thing in New York is you now can't go to any restaurant at all unless you're vaccinated. Now, I'm vaccinated. I know a lot of people that aren't, actually. Sure. So they're up in arms. But I'm just saying that, to me, is, like, not my friends. And I'm like, I don't think this is a New York thing. I do think it's a New York thing today. I think it's going to be a whole thing. I mean, granted, the Florida... Governor. Oh no, we're like a different country down here. Said that, yes. I mean, listen, the Florida governor is campaigning for Florida to just split off and go out to sea. He's like, I don't care. The whole United States and Florida will be having a great life. I'm not kidding either, but everybody came there and I am going to be on the first plane. I am not, and I, we are going to get a two bedroom. And you can work every day, and I can work every day, and you do. And we're going to go to the gym together, can, and like, you better not wake me up at 5.30, but you can bring me a coffee at 6.30. I am going to be that? up, and I am just, I'm not staying here. So start looking for two bedrooms. 
I, I'm on it. Are you near, yeah. how near like West Palm Beach or Miami are you or not at all? Well, I'm, I'm two hours away, two, two and a half ish. It depends on traffic where I am now, but I am there a lot. But yeah, I, it's the quiet. ideal is to do a rental there because that is, it does feel like New York because so many New York people have moved there. There are a few where I am in Sarasota, but Miami's just more like for you and I, there, that's more of a vibe. That's where it's we more. Yeah, it's more the speed, and there'll be I more mean, there. a two bed is the way to go. I mean, also because we would just thoroughly entertain each other. Like if shit got. I bad, mean, I wouldn't mind a building with a gym. Oh, oh, that's a requirement. That's really all I need. Yeah, I know. I'm not a. You can't be a picky queen in a pandemic. It's just well, not that's okay. the thing. Then it got to be like, okay, I would take any place, like just a place where I can sleep. Yes, we're, we're desperate. But that's why it's bed. like I'm telling you, two more moves on the chessboard, and I am, I, I will be sending you listings because I am not, <laughs> I'm not waiting to the thirteenth move this time. I'm the third, the third move, and I am out. So. Yeah, I am calling it. I think everything is getting shut down in the winter. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong too. That's my vibe, also. But I let's let's pray it's not let's the pray. case. But I'm I'm picking that up. Most people my, say my, that I'm can... crazy. They're like the world no. will never shut down again. I'm like I don't no. know. Okay, here's the thing though. It's like vaccine or no vaccine, right? We both know people who have gone both ways, and I don't have a judgment either way. But you like people are still getting this Delta variant and the hospitalizations are still getting out of control. So that's all it boils down to is, do they have enough beds in the hospital to treat the people who need to be in the hospital? And unfortunately it's not only unvaxxed people. So that's, if it's going to be a capacity situation, that's when you're going to see New York say, all right, things are going to have capacity or we're shutting things down or whatever. Scary. Let's not even talk any more about it. We're not wishing this on New York. We no. want the best for New York. But you know what we do need? We what? need to you to tell everybody. We will drop it in the show notes. But I want you to tell everybody where they can find you, connect. I know that all of our gays that are listening right now want to be your bestie. Give us all the handles, the website, where they can listen to Behind the Velvet Rope. Shoot us the word. Come and say hi. And I always tell people, if I've annoyed you here today, you should still listen to my podcast because I don't... <laughs> It's not about me. You will learn nothing. It's all about me being an investigative journalist and getting these people to admit all the crap that they have going on in their life. And it's not just reality. It's a lot of Bravo, a lot of Housewives, Vanderpump Rules, but it's all reality shows. Kevin O'Leary, Shark Tank. That's Shark Tank baller. Is, and you know what? Then it's great because like, yeah, we're also going to talk business, Mr. Wonderful. Like, we have a business expert here. So I love when someone checks all the boxes like that. Like, yeah, we talk Bethany and this, but like now I just want real business advice. And I have to say, he said, as an entrepreneur, there's it, there's no way around it. Like you basically, it's 24-7. You think about the business, you work. He's just like, that yeah. is how it works. There's no way around it. So I'm like, okay, at least I know I'm not crazy. Um, But we have singers, we have actresses actors so we have real people on the show some big names are coming up some icons really i'm not just saying that a couple of icons are coming up so behind the velvet robe everywhere podcasts are found on instagram it's at behind velvet robe they don't want the word the in instagram it's too long so at behind velvet robe i mean my personal one is at david yontef y-o-n-t-e-f but really at behind velvet rope and just behind the velvet rope i guarantee you this is the best compliment when someone 
tells me how annoying I am on the show and how much they hate me, but yet they still listen. I'm like, you can't help yourself because these guests, you can't turn away. And you know, I'm going to get this person to admit something that they've never said before. So don't that. come for me. You can hate me, but you know you. I will draw this stuff out of these guests like no one ever has before. That is what I do. That is my calling in life. So don't worry about me. Just come and pretend like I'm not there. <laughs> There's my sales pitch. So for everyone that I, says I, I have an ego and stuff, it's like the exact opposite. I don't even don't even worry that I'm there on the Zoom. Just focus on the other person. I think that your show is amazing. You are a great interviewer. You have great guests. Everybody wants to tell you all their secrets. I don't know how you do this, but it it happened to me. So I know you're doing it to everybody else. So it's think All your listeners could start with your episode of when you were on. And we will link back to that in the show notes so that everybody can get a little taste of DJ Rosé on Behind the Velvet <laughs> velvet Rope. And it's always funny to me when I talk about myself like as me and then as her because th- there's really two of us. I'm like, so. we're going to call you DJ Rosé. Yes. Just from now on. Kind of the way All right. Well, I love you. Thank you so much for coming. This has been amazing. And we appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Come back to my show anytime you want. I would love that after my next TV show. I will be right back fucking on it with more tea. (laughs) Please come. Good talking to you. All right, ladies. If you loved what you heard today, please remember to subscribe, hit five stars, maybe share it with a girl who needs to hear this advice today. We'd be oh so grateful if you had time to leave a little review too. You can add us on Instagram at Nicole Rose Stillings and at Big Queen Energy Pod. We hope we brightened your day, but that's all for now. Don't forget to tune in Mondays in the AM to Big Queen Energy, supporting you on your journey to fearless creation. 